ora and good day, everyone. Welcome to Markham's latest podcast episode. I'm Nikki Horn, Markham's Project Manager for New Zealand, and it's great to have you listening today. This is the third topic of our series, Invisible Strength. We're keen to get into the science and practical challenges of the significance of concrete curing. With me as we walk through this topic is Doug Hamlin, our Research and Development Manager. Let the audience hear you, Doug. Thanks, Nikki. Yeah, it's great to be um, on this podcast today um, with yourself and the team. Um, thanks to everyone that's listening. I'm keen to uh, help this series along um, and offer some practical insights where I can. Awesome. Thank you, Doug. So let's jump right in. Give us the basics on concrete curing. What does that actually mean and how does it work? Well, we all know that concrete is a mixture um, of Portland cement, aggregates, um, sand and water. Um, there will always be other things in the mix, but that's the fundamental parts. So you mix this together um, and place it where it's going to go, either um, in a permanent position in situ on site or in precast formwork and then you know move it to where it needs to go. And basically once you mix those materials together, it um, goes hard and becomes strong. Now that's a really simplistic um, explanation, but I want to emphasize that curing is not uh, just a drying out um, process. There's actually a chemical reaction happening between those ingredients um, that forms the long CSH molecules using the cement, um, sand and water. Now those molecules are what gives concrete its strength, you know, the cement paste or the backbone of concrete strength. Okay, so in other words, the strength of the concrete is tied up in that curing process, right? Absolutely, yeah, and I really like to emphasise that point. Um, the long-term strength and durability of the concrete itself um, is dependent on the quality of the curing. I guess that leads to the question, what can go wrong? Ooh, so this is a sensitive topic and I don't want to sound like we're trashing uh, what people do every day. Um, there's a lot of science that goes into quality concrete mixes um, and into structural engineering. A structure will often claim a service life of 50 or even 100 years based on the design work. Um, but yes, think, as with anything in construction, things do go wrong at that point um, of curing the concrete. The most um, commonly discussed fail point is poor hydration of that, um, you know, that cement and that water. There's many preferred methods in the industry to avoid um, the cracking that occurs from the shrinkage um, in this situation. So such as things like water ponding, um, black plastic, hessian, um, or other you know, thermal or um, fabric blankets. And then you've got your spray on um, membrane curing compounds. But shrinkage cracking is very common um, and when shrinkage cracking occurs, the water is escaping from that top layer of the concrete um, instead of being held there for that curing process. So right from day one, um, you're setting up that concrete to fail because the micro cracks are result um, from that shrinkage cracking allow contaminants to enter the concrete and set up that cycle um, of premature deterioration. And I really don't think that's well enough understood. Um, so you obviously, you do get shrinkage cracking on concrete and everyone kind of just accepts that that's what concrete does and to a point it does. But shrinkage cracking, um, this type of cracking actually matters. It sets up the process um, to prevent the concrete from achieving its intended design life. So that all the mixed design and engineering work, um, all that good work that's gone into the structure are offset by the failure to cure that concrete um, evenly. So speaking of curing the concrete evenly, 
Another thing that can go wrong is that the concrete is cured okay um, at the surface level, but not deep inside or in, in the internal matrix. That is, is that there's uncured cement um, within the concrete. Now, this um, tends to happen with high volume elements or pores, you know, where the heat of hydration um, can reach excessive temperatures. You know, over 70 degrees Celsius, um, this curing process fails and it leaves behind uncured material and what happens um, later in the life of the structure is that material can be stimulated to start curing again um, with the you know when you get some moisture migration things like that um, and this delayed curing process um, or this delayed curing creates internal pressures and you know can lead to cracking you know from the inside out of the concrete now that's not as common as shrinkage cracking, um, but it's another example of how things can go wrong despite the best efforts um, from the design teams. Um, then there is ASR, um, what else, uh, low cover issues. Okay, now you're scaring me. So how does this play out in the field in actual structures? You mentioned premature, premature deterioration and failure to achieve design life. To me, that sounds like a recipe for expensive unplanned repairs down the track. It is, it's very true. So what I'd like to do is um, invite our sales and marketing manager, um, Hayden Prestige, to join us. He's seen, he's seen quite a few things out in the field. Hayden, could you come on board and introduce yourself? Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Nikki. Hey, everybody. Appreciate the opportunity to join. So what's happening? What's our topic? Hello, Hayden. Great to have you along. I do uh, understand you have seen a few things in the field in your time. Uh, Doug's been telling us about the things that can go wrong at the curing stage, and we're wondering how that plays out in structures over time. Okay, cool. So I guess Doug's talked about how micro cracks let in moisture and contamination into the concrete, and anything that causes cracking will set up the same situation, really. So once contamination enters the concrete, you start seeing larger cracking developing and the stains of corrosion from reinforcing steel, all those sort of things developing in, in the concrete. Little cracks become big cracks and big cracks kill the concrete. You get a cluster of systems developing really that is uh, commonly known in the industry as concrete cancer. Look, we're simplifying things here. There are other factors uh, uh, for concrete besides poor curing. So it's not all about curing that will cause this cracking, but let's focus on this for now. So you're often presented with a structure where the deterioration is extensive. And there's more than one thing happening at a time, but good quality curing, even hydration, um, even being consistent across the whole concrete surface and minimal cracking is an excellent way to preserve the durability of the concrete, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. So this leads into another question. Well, I guess it's two questions. First, at the curing stage, if people have already got methods to reduce shrinkage cracking, why does it keep happening? And what can we do to stop it? And second, what do we do if we find that cracking has developed, but it's well after the curing stage? Oh, I guess that's three, sorry. <laughs> three questions, no, no problem. I get that, I get that. There's two sides of the coin and it's where we work a lot. I see, can we improve the, the situation at curing stage? So that's when the concrete's new. Or if that's if something's happened at that point, can we rescue or salvage a slab or situation after curing stage? So there's those two things that we'll focus on. It might surprise you, but sometimes teams don't bother with curing protection at all. They might just pour a, a concrete um, structure and it's left. And 
and when when that happens things like weather factors heat wind even the quality of the concrete itself they all have um they all play against quality curing rapid construction schedules push back the time quite a bit on um, what's been allowed for curing protection Look, we're not here to bag people out, but this is some of the reality of what's happening in the in the industry. What I'd like to talk about is capturing the concrete's internal moisture and reducing that ev evaporation that leads to uneven curing. So what you need to do is retain that moisture in the concrete to provide quality curing. By immobilizing the moisture right inside the concrete, you can guarantee the high quality curing. You can guarantee a stronger concrete to last longer and seal those concrete porosities at the same time. And we do it with a treatment called hydrogel treatment. Best part is it can be retro-applied. So like we talked about just before, you know, if we don't get it on a curing stage, it can be retro-applied onto existing slab. You can't restart the curing process, of course, but um, hydrogel treatment will close microcracking. It'll, it'll grow more calcium silica hydrate by filling and fill in those gaps, fill in those pores and provide long-term protection against contamination. So that's a positive, I guess, to both of those key questions, Nikki, that you asked. Yes, we can improve the situation at curing time and offset uh, any deficiencies in the process or circumstances. And if that's missed at curing time, if nothing's done at that point, yes, we can treat the situation to existing slab. But I'd always emphasize, as anybody would, anybody really in the industry that has been around, the sooner the better when we're talking about these sort of things. And I suppose also the sooner the cheaper, maybe. Yeah, great point. Sooner, sooner you act on remediation, the less long-term costs will be. That's a simple fact across the board. It's true in anything though, isn't it? But how can we forget that? Um, or, or we like to pretend we forget that. But there's an old saying, what is it? A stitch in time saves nine. Yeah, do it once, do it right. That's absolutely true. Well, thank you so much, Hayden and Doug, for joining us today. And to all our listeners, we welcome any questions or feedback you have on today's topic, or even if you have a specific project you'd like to talk about. If you want to find out more, please go to our website, www.markhamglobal.com. We do our best to respond to all inquiries within a business day. We are also happy to take suggestions for topics in the future. What are your concrete pain points in the field? How can we help to educate the industry? Thank you so much for listening and don't miss our next episodes.